Welcome back to the Man Catholic Podcast. I'm Steve Priest. Thomas Wirtz. And I'm Brock Martin. Today's topic is get rich or die trying. This time. I'm excited about this topic. A couple months ago, I had the opportunity to speak at a Theology on Tap up in Northern Colorado. And uh, Martha Griswold, who's a good friend of mine, and she was kind of setting up the evening before I got up to talk, she just pulled me aside and said, hey, I really I really want you to talk particularly to the men about this perceived tension between being excellent at work and being excellent in their spiritual life. That a lot of guys tend to, and I, I think this is true, mm-hmm. tend to struggle with the, well, wait, I'm called to provide and protect and to be excellent in my life. So if you're a college student, that means classes and your studying and your social life. And if you're out of college, that usually means your work, your career and your social life. But these things kind of get put up against our ability to grow in our spiritual lives. And and a a key marker for this is think about your life, your prayer life, the last time that you've been consistently going to mass. A lot of times, you know, when that stops, guys will say, I just don't have the time, right? I I don't have time to commit to praying every day. I don't have time to commit to a Bible study or a small group. I don't have time to lead one of those groups. And when you think through what are the, what are the things that are sucking time? It's these things, it's, it's work, it's your hobbies. I think there's a lie that a lot of men, myself included, fall into, which is there isn't enough time to be excellent at work and in my career, in my, in my providing and protecting for my family, and also to be excellent in the spiritual life, to, to commit to daily prayer, to commit to the sacraments. And so I just, I think it'd be a, a fruitful conversation for us to talk about that, that perceived tension between excellence in the areas of our life that we're called to be excellent to, but also in our spiritual lives. So I think as guys, we fall victim to what I, what I think I hear you saying, Brock, is the either or mentality versus the both and yes. mentality, right? So either I can pursue a spiritual life or I can be excellent and work. Gosh, I think this is like the generation before us, I think, really struggled with this because I think they said, well, either I'm going to be super holy and become a priest or a nun or a monk or a brother, or I'll be a lay person and my job is to make money and provide for my family and, and, and do good and be good. And what we're seeing now, and it's kind of, it's, it's JP2's call to the new evangelization in a way it's, it's almost like the new call to holiness as well, where holiness is for everyone. Mm -hmm. This, uh, you know, I read a book in college. It was called Called to be Holy by Cardinal Dolan. I think he was Archbishop Dolan at the time, but look it up. Great book. Pretty simple, straightforward. But it, it really rocked me because when I look at holy cards and saint cards, so many times I can't relate to that Mm. because I feel like they were in some far off land. Yeah. Not in a business building that I sit in for my job or they started a religious order and I did not. And so I can't relate to that. And what this book really helped me understand is, first of all, that doesn't define holiness and that this call to holiness as as is biblical, we are called to be holy, is for everyone. And it, it really shook me thinking, oh, how how am I? And this was me in college. How am I as a college student, as a rugby player, called to be holy? And I still have to ask myself that now. How am I, as a development director for Focus, called to be holy? How am I as a father, as a husband, as a friend? How am I called to be holy? Yeah, great question. How can I be excellent in my work and be excellent in my spiritual life? I think was the juxtaposition that that you laid out in front of us. And how do I, I... There's a couple of things. To answer your question, Steve, I would say quickly, we can talk more about this. 
um, by entering into the things that are right in front of you. Right. Yep. And that, and I think that's exactly it is for us. Okay. So if, if you're a clo- in a cloistered convent or a monk, right, your call to holiness just looks different. Well, most of us listening are not that we're working professionals. And so this right. brings in Brock's question yep. that it has to bring in the day to day as well. Well, and, and undoubtedly there are many, many great examples of saints who did live that, that life. Yes. But, but I love this quote from St. Jose Maria talking mm-hmm. about St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. He says that the greatest male saint who ever lived was not a deacon, not a priest, not a bishop, not a pope, not a hermit, not a monk. He was a husband a father and a worker. And he's talking about St. Joseph. And I just, that gives me goosebumps. I think it's awesome. And it's encouraging for us as husbands and fathers. And if you're listening, uh, you know, most likely trending in that direction, but also I think for, for parish priests, because there is a nitty gritty of the diocesan priesthood. Yeah. They're, they're, Business owner, they're CEOs. No, one know, one of, of a the, parish. the chaplains here in Denver that I work with shared a picture with me, and he said that there was all these priests at a at a Vatican meeting. They were praying vespers together, and the lights went out. And he's like, the Dominicans started debating the significance of darkness. the The Franciscans were thanking God for this great gift to remind them of the light of day, and the, and then he went on with like the Jesuits and the Carthusians. And then the diocesan priest got up and went and changed the light bulb. And there's something beautiful about that. There's like a, yeah. there's a nitty practicality yeah. to it. But I think the, the posing the two questions against one another is, as I think the, a problematic, but I understand, I get it because we're busy in life and there's so many things that can make us busier too, if we let them. But I think the question is, isn't how can I be excellent here versus here, but it's actually reframing the question in the first place. And I think the question is, how can I be excellent in my vocation? Yeah. <clears throat> because what that does is that helps us to order everything properly. Because I don't think you can be excellent in all things. Right. If you try to be excellent in everything, you won't be able to do anything because you're obsessed with being excellent in one thing and that takes you away from actually being excellent the other thing. Right. But if you order things properly, you can, be, you can have them, I think, you can be excellent as they're appropriately in your life. Yeah. Right? So a hobby has to be a hobby. I want to smoke meat really well so that I can feed my family really good food and I love it. And so I want to be excellent, but only excellent in the proper order of my life's orders based yeah. off my vocation. Cause I'm a father first. I need to spend time. Sorry. I'm a son of God first. So I, I need to prioritize the appropriate time with God, yeah. then with my wife and my children. Sure. Smoking feeds them. Yeah. So I, if I can take a class here or there, watch some videos, cool and get better. But if I was like all out balls in, I want to be excellent smoking and I'm touring and and spending all this time doing all these things, for example, I'm actually not being excellent in the yeah. most important things if I order my life based off how can I be excellent in my vocation. Yeah. Yeah, I ran into this in my life in a very uh, vivid way last September where my job calls for travel. I travel a lot. I, I do development on the West Coast, and I'm, I'm almost gone weekly for a night or two. I try to aim you know, for a, a six to eight nights away kind of target i was gone i think 17 nights in september Jeez, last september sorry ali yeah we had a very serious heart-to-heart conversation about that (laughs) and and because i was wrestling with this either or mentality that i kept saying yes to to trips which were good trips they made sense yep um they i i felt strongly i needed to say yes to them and and maybe i did i don't know but what had to happen was a conversation mm-hmm. that said, am I neglecting my family in order to pursue greatness at work? Yeah, Pursuing greatness at work is not a bad thing. That's not what we're saying, guys. What we're saying is it's a both and. 
with, as Thomas said, that capital V vocation, your family, your, your, um, your spouse is your capital V vocation. My job's a lower V vocation. It is still important. I'm called to do great things there. Um, but if I neglect my family, I'm in big trouble. And Brock, uh, your dad, when he was seeking counsel to start focus all those years ago, and I'm sure you could tell this story better, way better than I can, but I think he was, he he was meeting with a Bishop or something at his house and had him over for dinner and said, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. I'm thinking about starting focus. And the Bishop said something along the lines of, I think it's a great idea. You will reach many souls for eternity. And I think you should do this. But if you neglect your family in the process of starting this organization, you will go to hell. Yep. And I freaking love the honesty and the vulnerability that Bishop had to, to look your dad in the eye and to say that because that that's real with all of us. Yeah. If we succeed at our jobs and we get rich and we buy all the things and we neglect our family, we could go to hell over that. Yeah. And that's a reality that sucks. Yeah. No, and I, I think it's important to to recognize, I love that you underscored, Steve, that excellence at work, excellence in hobbies are not bad things. They're good things. Yeah. And I think one one principle that can help us think about this is just the principle of stewardship. Um, you know, if you if you go to mass every Sunday, you hear the word steward, stewardship, you probably roll your eyes. You're like, all right, it's that weekend again when father's got to mm-hmm. ask for money. And um, But the reality is that stewardship is, it's us taking care of what belongs to somebody else, but we're taking care of it as if it was our own. And I love the the parable of the 10 talents. So in Matthew 25, Jesus tells the parable of this master who's leaving and he gives, you know, five talents to one servant, two talents to another and one to the other. And the five turns it into 10, the two turns it into four, but the one out of fear of the master just goes and buries the talent. And when the master comes back, it doesn't go well for that. I think Jesus, mm-hmm. the, the master out of Jesus's mouth calls this servant wicked, lazy, fearful. And so there is an element of, okay, all of the money that you've been given, all of the gifts that you've been given, the ability to generate new things, to create, to, to build wealth, all of that comes from God. And everything mm-hmm. that you do build comes from God also. Mm-hmm. And there is an element, I mean, read the parable of the 10 talents. You are called as a son of God to to go kick ass in the world, mm-hmm. like multiply what you've been given. If you've been given this amount of money, this amount of talents, go multiply that. However, to, and I love the point that you made both, both you guys, that if that comes at the expense of the higher goods, you're, you're playing with your soul here. Yeah. And so to orient those things that it comes, God is first, our spouse is second, our children are third. And then once those, once we're making efforts there, we should be as excellent as we can be. Yeah. But if you are saying, Hey, for the sake of multiplying my talents, I'm not going to engage in mission. I'm not going to engage engage as much as I'm called to in my prayer life or with my wife. That's a really dangerous place to be. So what I love about that parable, if we if we read through it and think through it slowly, we could learn something new probably every time. What just struck me as I was reflecting on on it listening to you, Brock, was that was the master's money. It it was never it was never the stewards. He didn't give it to them. He actually didn't give it to them. He asked them to steward it yep. and to go and to multiply it. And then they didn't get to keep the earnings either. It was never theirs. And I think so often we think I worked so hard for this money. Look at what what I did. Now I get to do with it what I want. But as you just said, we as stewards are just stewarding the gifts God lent us. Like, yep. like this is this is really I'm I'm wrestling through this right now. So my money is not my money. Correct. With this parable, right? Like it's Allie's. This <laughs> that's, that's a Especially different if you podcast. So much. <laughs> 
Who Wears the Pants is a different <laughs> podcast. Um, I, everything in my bank account is God's money. I'm just stewarding. Yep. So it is for his glory. So how I spend it, how I earn it, how I try to kick ass at work in order to, to earn more is all for him and for his glory. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the point that we're missing in all of this. Yep. For the glory of God and the salvation it's of souls. all of his. Anyways, he doesn't even give it to us. And I know that semantics, like he with the gifts he gives us, but in this case, I would say, I would argue that he doesn't give us, he, he entrusts us yeah. as stewards. And how often do we either bury it or do we steal it yep. and go make money for ourselves? Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's an amazing point. I do want to just underscore the that I think it's it's ordering properly and reflecting and challenge the guys to invite the guys, all of you, to reflect on on how do I engage in my family? How do I engage first, of course, as a son of God in in devotion to him and prayer and the sacraments? And then how do I engage as if if I am married and I'm in my vocation, as Steve said, big V vocation, how do I engage in that? And then everything else then kind of comes to serve that. Yeah. And so again, I, I, I am convicted that no, we can't be excellent in every single thing we do. We have a certain capacity and there's limits to our capacity. And so we have to give in the proper proportion based off what serves us in helping us be a more faithful disciple, husband, father, yeah, right? Brother, neighbor. And so the hobbies can bring us life so that we can engage in those things, work mission more effectively Mm because we've been recreated, right? The the art of leisure. But that doesn't mean we have to be the best at that to be excellent at it. Mm -hmm. But it's truly engaging in in the proper sense of what it is and how it falls in our life. And I think from there, you know, just be able to do what God has called us to do, to hear what God has, has called us to do. Yep. So I think if you're listening to this, and you think through that ordering, God first, and then vocation, capital V vocation, and then the fruits of that vocation, either children, physically or spiritually, and then you think about work and your hobbies. Think through, you know, if I were to ask you, how's your prayer life going? Are you praying every day? Are you receiving the sacraments with some frequency? If your answer to that is no, and the reason for why that is, is because you don't have time or you're too busy, we got to think about that. We got to pray about that. Um, I also, you know, if we're talking about stewardship, I think money is, is just a very, it's very tangible for men to think about. And I, I, it's cool, Steve, that the wheels are kind of turning for you. It's always, yeah, it's always a joy to lead you spiritually, but, um, uh, no, what, but if you're, what Brock wanted to say is <laughs> Steve, can I be your spiritual director? <laughs> no, far from it. No, um, you may not. Okay, good, good. Um, but no, with our money, I think, you know, if, if you've got a big purchase coming up, ask, ask yourself in prayer, is this what? Is this what the master, is this how he would want me to invest? Is this how he would want me to spend? Is this how he would want me to multiply his resources? Yeah. And then if you're not giving money to the church, tithing, supporting the the missionary efforts of the church, ask again, is this something that the Lord wants me to to level up in and start giving more of his money back to him, back to his mission? I think those are really healthy questions. Yeah. And guys, the church lays it out so beautifully for us because sometimes we just need simple rules or or guide rails or strong suggestions. So if you're listening to this and you're not tithing 10% of your income, gross, not, not net, not after taxes, but gross. If you're not doing that, I invite you to consider doing that, to, to ask God for the courage, for the graces, for the budget awareness to do that, get to that point. If you're there and, and something is being convicted in your heart right now, maybe it's to give another 
5% or two of your income away to charity, to the mission, to the church, as Brock was saying. So that that's kind of like um, lower V money vocation stuff. We were just talking, we're recording today on a Friday, and we were just talking about plans for tonight. And Brock said, I've got a, a date night with my wife. And if we're looking at capital V vocation, this is another one of those things to pursue excellence, to steward yeah. our relationships well. And I think this is this starts with our spouses or our girlfriends first that we have to, no matter how long you've been married, intentionally pursue them yep. via dates. And uh, Brock, we do it. Allie and I do it too. I know Thomas and Kate do it. It's great to hear you do it. So if you need marital advice, let me know. <laughs> but um, we need to continue to do that. And that is stewarding the, the beautiful relationship of that vocation that the Lord has blessed us with. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes, you mentioned brothers and, and friends. How are we stewarding those relationships? Yep. Shame, shame on me. I don't call my mom very well, like ever, just to say like, hey, how are you? I'm Checking sorry, in. Um, I'm sorry, mom. And and I need to do that better. And my sisters, yep. you know, they're across the country. I don't see them very often. I need to steward that relationship better with them. Sometimes friends, I've, I've said before, maybe on a podcast, maybe just to you guys, I'm not very good. I'm a very like out of sight, out of mind friend. Unfortunately, and so there are friends that move away, and I love them dearly, and I just don't steward mm-hmm. that relationship well. That's why I text my self portrait to Steve on a regular basis. I'm so not, not sure how not to sight. respond to that. Can oh, I, you send me a picture. A picture. Of no, that's yeah. not true. I don't know what I would do if you did. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, I think this this can cascade over lots of different relationships well, that we have yeah, in, no, in parts of our family. Absolutely. And it's a good point to, I think, stewarding relationships. I'll just, I know we want to kind of wrap up here. The keeping up with the Joneses thing, I think is something that I would just want to call all of us to, to challenge ourselves on. Cause what, what is motivating that drive to be excellent mm-hmm. on a material sense in work? Hopefully it's the right thing to provide, you know, especially if you're looking at layoffs coming down or something, the recession, like stuff that's really getting you. And you want to make sure you secure your job. A trust in the Lord, obviously try your, try your best and don't be a, a loser that's going to deserves to get fired. But also don't let the keeping up with the Joneses, right? Your neighbor, what they have, where they're at, what title he has at work. Don't let that be that motivation underneath yeah. that drive. And don't, don't, you know, be a wolf in sheep's clothing and say, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do everything I can because it's providing for my family. But really you're just trying to keep up with your neighbor. Yeah. Right. And I think that important. detachment, I think we got to wrestle with that as guys. No, that's an awesome point to close on, Thomas. I think we are called to go multiply our talents. But as you said earlier, Steve, the reason for that is for the greater glory of God and the salvation of souls. I, I need to I need to kick ass at work and in my investing in the way that I steward my resources or God's resources so that I can have a greater impact on his greatest glory and the salvation of souls. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if it's a, from a different motivation, Thomas, I think you're spot on. It's It's unhealthy. So I'll close with this. Good friend of mine, former colleague, Joshua Gideon. I'm going to send this to you, Joshua, so I hope you're listening. Um, I took his office over when he left, and he had one sign up on the wall, and I'm looking at it now, and I kept it. And it says, right now, there is a student in desperate need of salvation. Work like it. And I freaking love that because it reminds me why I'm making phone calls, why I'm responding to emails, why I'm doing what I'm doing. As you just said, Brock, it is for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. Okay, can I just jump on that? Ten seconds, I promise. Because it's like, think of your child, Mm -hmm. right? And if you are working so hard that your child is in desperate need of your love, then 
it's not worth it. You know, I don't care if, if, if it's a $20,000 cut in your paycheck, if you're feeding your kids and you have a home over them and you're actually investing in their life, that's more important yep. than making 25, 40 grand more. So you have a little bit of a bigger house and you have better stake. Yep. F that, like your kid needs you, yeah. your wife needs you. And that obviously you got to be with the Lord and be praying and, and being made holy, but then serving them. And there's so many kids in desperate need of their father's love and yep. you got to give it to them guys. Mm-hmm. Cool. So if you're in a profession right now, ask yourself these questions. How can I really do well at work, but keep my family, keep my prayer life, keep my pursuit of holiness at the forefront of my mind. If you're in college, look at the decisions you're about to be making. What career are you going to go into? What job are you going to take? When are you going to get married? Who are you going to marry? How are you making all of those decisions in order to glorify God and reach souls for him? That's it for today on the Man Catholic Podcast. We'll catch you next time. God bless. <laughs>